the episode this week, Jim incites violence. Start breaking into Old Trafford again. Ivor makes a noise. And I make a joke. Genuinely (laughs) the funniest thing ever. Hello. You join us here for this special memorial 4-4 brew to celebrate Her Majesty the Queen. Queen Elizabeth II died a week ago today. Wow, really? I've just, I've just noticed either. Yeah, it's the one week. It's the one week anniversary. Um, Happy anniversary! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that's, how do I not know the that's best part? Was that that didn't line up at all with the video of you that I'm getting from the Zoom? <laughs> so it just came out of nowhere. Yeah, the video's oh. really laggy. Do you know, that would have been so much funnier had Rory still been here. Because he would have been so offended. That's what I was going for. Is Rory... Um, no, he's not, is he? He's... Would he just been fake offended? Well, no, Rory was recently arrested in Scotland for shouting, you dirty old man, at Prince Andrew. Oh, of course! <laughs> How could I forget? Just for legal reasons, I think we should say that wasn't actually our Rory. No, it was a different To the best Rory. of our knowledge. And now let's move on to the beers we're drinking. Um, despite the amount of time it's been since we last recorded an episode, I'm still employing a two-drink system, which For the sees same me th- thing. The same um, well, no, box. No, it's a new box has arrived. That's why oh, I've okay. got to try and get got to try and get through it. Um, which it sees me drinking this evening uh, a beer by a brewery called Keys Brewery, and it is their Baby Caramel Fudge Stout. And oh. it comes with the bold claim that this chocolate stout will seduce you. Written across the can. So uh, we'll have to have to wait and see about that. And the, the second beer is uh, the White Hag, an Irish brewery. Uh, the White Hag being the name of the brewery. Um, and their beer is the Hop Stravaganza, which there is a hazy IPA. Uh, so Very those, nice. those are the, the two beers that I'll be deploying this evening. But what are you drinking this evening, Matthew? Uh, I am drinking what I think is Magic Rock Brewings. What uh, do you think? Well, because basically the name of the brewery right. or whatever isn't that obvious on the can. Right. But it's oh, yeah. a Stiggy Pop New England IPA. I can't actually remember how I got this. Uh, it can't have been very important and f- or from somebody that I like much at all. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it just appeared in, in my house. Presumably, it's uh, not one so of the I ones I bought you for your birthday. Is it? it is one of the ones you got. Me oh, is for it? Birthday. Oh, that's nice. I thought I recognised the can when you sent the picture, <laughs> but I can't remember where from. I thought, have I had one of those? That's yeah, sweet. Uh, it was a while ago, my birthday now, but I have since been on holiday for nearly two weeks, so this has been sat in our fridge. Shows how much thought I put into uh, picking your beers. I can remember what ones it was I bought you. And either what are you on? Uh, I had to nip to the corner shop because I realised that A, didn't have any beer and B, hadn't left the house all day. <laughs> so I got the Anathai Super Dry. Oh, that, that, is, that is a treat. Yes. Anyway, should we move on? Yeah. I don't know if we wanted to talk about any of the European games of the week uh, or go straight on to different well, games. I, well, I guess we could, seeing from our last episode, we did miss the sacking of Thomas Tuchel and the appointment of uh, Potter, and yes. I think that's been covered to death by everyone and everything right now. So I guess we could briefly talk about his first game in charge, which I thought admittedly went quite well for him, even though it was a draw. 
Yes, I didn't watch the game in its entirety, but I saw the goals. Um, but from what I've heard, was he playing Sterling as like a half left wing back, half left mid? So the, it was mainly like a left mid. So I think the way it works is we defended in a four and attacked in a three. So back four of a. Kukurea, Thiago Silva, Aspi, and Reese James. Then yeah. it went to a back three, and then Sterling would sort of slot in on the opposite side of Reese James. I see, I see. If that makes any sense. But that I thought it was really interesting. Sense. I think Chelsea looked very good. I think the maybe a bit of confidence is missing. There's quite a few chances that definitely should have been finished. Uh, the Salzburg keeper made an excellent save against, I think it might have been Ziyech right, right at the death of the game but Brilliant, uh spoiled a few chances uh, Sterling missed a pretty easy one in the first half It uh, sounds like Graham Potter's dream a bit wasteful Players missing chances oh, Aubameyang at least looked pretty good but we looked a lot more positive as a side, like I felt like there was a purpose to what we were doing if that makes sense, there was a two cool Yes. You could see like the patterns of play and the yeah exactly. There was a plan. I think under Tuchel, it sometimes felt like possession for the sake of possession. Like you know when Arteta uh, took over Arsenal and I wrote, there's a Tifa video on this and they basically just pass it from like they go from the left back. Oh yeah, and then they just do like a horseshoe around the pitch. Yeah, they do yeah, like yeah. a horseshoe around the pitch. I think Tuchel ended up doing that quite a lot. Whereas at least we got the ball in the box quite quite a bit. There's a lot of cutbacks. It just, we couldn't finish them. It was promising anyway. Yeah, now that time's passed and the emotionality of my reaction to Tuchel being sacked has gone, I do think it was a a reasonable decision, if not necessarily one that I would have taken quite yet. I mean, I'm very sad about it personally, because I did really like Tuchel as a Chelsea fan, but at the same time, if the owners wanted to start a long-term project and didn't think that Tuchel was the man for it, there's no point waiting about yeah, and like it makes wise, sense to sack him. His first quickly. fifty compared to his last fifty mm-hmm. is like There's such a big drop stark off. difference. Well, they can see he doubled the amount of goals. Yeah, and his final twenty-five games, they performed worse than Chelsea did in Lampard's final twenty-five games. So, and mm-hmm. and like Lampard, it seemed like when he got sacked, he was really clinging on. Oh god, yeah. So I mean, the yeah. fact that Tuchel was doing worse than that, I think, shows that we are slightly clouded in our judgment to think yeah, that it was think, so unexpected. But I do think as well with the what everything that happened to Tuchel with his divorce and uh, you know the takeover and having to manage the club and then having to work for an entire summer on transfers, you can understand why things weren't going well or why. You know, loads of attacking players are disenfranchised because he was so. Mm. Would have been so much on his plate. It would have been difficult yeah, exactly. to manage everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, imagine the burnout would have been insane. So, yeah, happy to have had him. Right man, wrong time. I reckon if Tuchel would have come in, if Tuchel hadn't been appointed, who would have been like the key man to be appointed now? If that makes sense. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'm very happy Potter's appointed. It is like the dream appointment for me. But. Anyway, should we potter on to the next topic? Well, actually, I wanted to stick on it slightly. Because I think quite a lot's been said about like, Potter going to Chelsea, but what, what's next for, for Thomas? Juventus. 
yeah, I think there are going to be a queue of teams looking to get him. But Juventus is an interesting one just because they, under their current ownership, which has been for a, a fair while, they've never sacked a manager mid-season. And, oh, really? Yeah, and like you think, Pirlo and Sarri, the previous two managers, were both under a lot of pressure throughout the season. Even though Sarri, Sarri won Serie A, uh, it never <laughs> seemed like Mm. He was really wanted there, and Pirlo. No, you're did right. He, did he scrape? He scraped fourth. I mean, I, I think the Pirlo sacking made no sense to me personally. But what I mean is, in both cases, but, they did at least wait till the end of the window, even though the whole season neither of them really seemed safe with their job. So the fact yeah. that Allegri is doing so badly with them now, they are the obvious big club to appoint a new manager. You could argue he's doing but, even worse than. I mean, maybe Atletico Madrid. Wonder, but I feel Maybe. like Simeone cannot leave that club. And isn't he like the best play- paid manager in the world? Probably, yeah. And that combined with their more general shoestring budget would and suggest they're not going to be in Atleti's. Or they're, like their their wage bill is smaller than Burnley's, I swear. Or was really? when Burnley were in the Prem. Really? Something like that. I swear. Um, this might have I been mean, a convenient timing where like they didn't have Griezmann then and but their planning yeah. as a club is like terrible. They so spend a lot on get... transfer but, fees, I suppose. I guess it var- maybe varies a lot. What's it? I've seen this thing about they're saving quite a lot of money with Griezmann. They are because Why they're bringing him on yeah. <laughs> in the <laughs> last the two minutes minute. into the game. <laughs> that is quite funny, and I, I swear, Barcelona are apparently bringing legal action against them, which yeah, it just feels if... like they're a bit salty. I think it yeah. is because they're salty, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> it's, also it's as well, they've not done anything though. illegal. Exactly. No. And also, clubs have done this I before, where like it'd be, it'd be you've got to play 15 games as a lone player, and then you've got to give the other team like a million payout. Yeah, because like, Griezmann. I is think still Arsenal, Arsenal right? did this. I, yeah. I believe at some point they played someone for 14 games, and they're doing really well, and they've never played them again. <laughs> but yeah, I can I can see a, a case for Tuchel at both Atleti and. Juventus. Juventus. Did you see Juventus fans left at like half time against Benfica? Two one down. I don't even know if they were two one down by half time, but the well, fans were already leaving. Was it just in protest? Yeah, just because they don't feel like the style of football is worth the money they're paying for their ticket. No, because Allegri plays like the most boring football ever. I have to say, I've never really understood that, like, as a form of protest. What, buying, buying a ticket, a ticket and, and walking leave. out. But yeah, like, but like, buying those tickets is fucking expensive. Like, but for a big club that's gonna sell the tickets anyway, like, yeah, but like someone will if, fill your seat and then they won't leave in protest. And if, like, from a personal standpoint, like if I've spent that money on a ticket, I wanna, even if my team's doing shit, I wanna get my money's worth. Like, um, yeah. I've, been watching the Arsenal All or Nothing series and again because my dad hasn't seen. Yeah, because my dad hadn't seen it. So oh, okay. It together the other day, and the, um, they were like interviewing fans as they were walking out from the City game. Yeah. Like half time, my dad was like, you know, you've spent all the money. Some of them would have travelled up to Manchester, mm-hmm. spent a load more money on travel and stuff, and then leaving at half time was it's a colossal waste of money. Like, don't get me wrong, I've turned a few Arsenal games off. <laughs> Because they've been doing that yeah. shite. I turned that game off. Yeah, I think I did as well. But if I was in the stadium, I'd stick around till the end. Well, I think 
it's a stupid form of protest, especially if you leave like halfway through. Like, surely you'd, because the whole point is of an empty stadium. So surely you'd all walk out before the game kicks off. Yeah, that like would buy make your sense. ticket and never turn up even. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That Again, would make sense. Waste of money. <laughs> it's a waste of money, but at least it's a, like a proper form of protest. No, but like, I mean, there's like, actually like a full impact for the entire game. Whereas if I if I felt so compelled to go and protest something my club was doing, and had I lived closer at the time, I probably would have done with the whole Super League stuff. I would have just like gone and stood outside the stadium like a like a protest protest <laughs> yeah. standing there, like with banners and shit. Because then I mean, yeah, you've got the cost of the train into London or something, but you're not spending. It's like, not your sixty-five 70... quid ticket. Yeah, yeah you're not it... spending seventy-eight quid on a ticket that you're then not going to use. Yeah, true. So stupid. Bloody Italians. Bring, so, bl- yeah. bring back protests. That's what I yeah, say. Yeah, start Good doing your protests. This is because protesting. this is because the British government illegalised protests the other year. <laughs> start breaking into Old Trafford again. That's a proper protest when you get into yeah. the stadium for free. Then you can leave when you like. <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to bring up the fixtures that happened to check that there are no more that I want to talk about bloody useless French team lost to Tottenham oh that was a, that was an, an extra week ago Sporting beat Tottenham 2-0 oh yeah oh, I right. forgot about it yeah 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 no that's that's a much better game let's, let's talk about that one I actually found it extremely irritating when the second goal went in oh what because you were on a correct because pitch. I'd yeah I'd gone with 1-0 Sporting but so were and Rory the goal... and Ivor. yeah but don't care <laughs> <laughs> it feels um, good to get it yeah, right well, I thought 90, 90th minute I thought well, surely that's that that's the end <laughs> of the game I've got the correct prediction there and then lo and behold third minute of injury time if I can do it again I mean don't get me wrong every goal Tottenham concede is a victory for me but... <laughs> <laughs> Gareth Southgate was clearly impressed though yeah with Marcus because... Edwards no with Eric Dyer <laughs> oh. at the heart of this defensive display because he has been recalled to the England squad that was announced on the day of recording. Have Hell we seen yeah. the squad? We have indeed. And have. what do what does everyone think of it? It's the main question. I think Defensive. it's an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are uh, there's a lot of fullbacks, but otherwise, otherwise, I'm fine with it. To be honest, what's his what is his deal? <laughs> I mean, and look, look at look at the them? state of it. Half oh, half no. of the squad is defensive players. I mean, no. actually, as I sh- as I shout that, that sort of makes sense. You'd have half defensive, half attacking. But the, the amount of, but, the amount I think, of especially, that it, is just I think it makes that's that's the thing though. It makes little sense because I mean, it makes sense because he plays at five at the back, so half the outfield players will be defending. But even then. I mean, Harry Maguire's a bit mind-boggling, but Luke Shaw's even more shocking to me. Yeah, when but... Tarek Mitchell and James Justin, granted Leicester have had a pretty woeful start <laughs> to the season, but, but yeah, they've Tarek... actually been playing this season. And Tarek Mitchell's been good, Ben Chilwell's been fun. You don't need, like, no, Luke Shaw is so unneeded. He's actually even a worse pick than Harry Maguire, because... Is it? I'd actually uh... rather have Maguire than Tyrone Mings. Yeah. But then, Cause... the centre-backs that didn't get in... I, I think ben. he must just be trying to get a continuation of the squad just for like harmony purposes. Definitely, yeah. I I think he's trying to make sure that every defensive player that is English gets a call up at some point under his managerial <laughs> reign. I have a slim hope that 
despite being called up, Harry Maguire will be dropped for Fikayo Tomori, even though Tomori doesn't play in a three at AC Milan. Well, he does but, play on the left of a two. If things carry on the way they are at United, surely Maguire's not going to be a like a starter. He's not going to be playing any regular Premier League. Well, football. he's, he's no. not a starter. He's, the four yeah. games he's not played since Ten Hag's come in, they've won all of them. He played against Sociedad, didn't he? They can see. He did, yeah. Also, he came on in like the last minute against Arsenal. He got booked straight away. <laughs> yeah. he, he could have been sent off. It was terrible. And that's how bad Harry Maguire is as a pick. Luke Shaw is somehow worse. <laughs> sure is because at least at least in the England setup, there's not that. Sure, Tamori is a left left-footed centre back, but well, like a left-sided centre back. Yeah. Sorry, but he's not bedded into the side. So it might make sense for Maguire in. To rotate, and if Maguire wasn't in, it would be Mings, and I'd actually like. I think Gareth Southgate should be shot if Mings goes to the World Cup. He is <laughs> terrible, terrible. <laughs> like if um, Maguire, if Maguire, <laughs> I, I forgot to speak for a second. Yeah, that's it. If Mings, if Mings was was no offence to him, as ugly as Harry Maguire, he'd be taking the piss out of more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm right. Harry Maguire's. <laughs> You're yes. claiming oh. that you're claiming that he doesn't get the hate he deserves, what? Because of his rakish good looks? Yes, actually. <laughs> when it makes se- when it makes sense though, Harry Maguire's got a bit of a funny looking face. He's called Slabhead. Like, he, uh, affectionately, like, he, I think you'll find that news report. It, it, it was it was initially affectionate, but that those qualities do lend to no him. No one calls him Slabhead anymore because they don't want to be nice to him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but no, that's the thing though. But he's he had, like memeable qualities when he was good. Yeah. And when he's bad, he's memed even further. Yeah. Like, what's. Like, Taran Mings has got a funny name, I guess. But, like, other than that, it looks pretty normal. But Chilwell, to get back to the, the team that will actually play, Chilwell's <laughs> barely been playing for Chelsea, right? I mean, he didn't he has, play yeah. yesterday. He started against Zagreb in he did, the but he... first round of Champions League games. And I think that's the only game he's started since Kukurea was signed, even, maybe. But yeah, what I mean, what I'm saying is, Chilwell's barely playing. Shaw's not playing at all. So there are two left wing back options. You've got to assume is our left wing back slot, despite having two left backs that are Shaw and Chilwell, is our best left back one of Saka and Trippier. It is incredible that you can bring that many defensive players and they're just all shit. Yeah, similarly, <laughs> central centre back in a back three. If we're resigning ourselves to the possibility that we're going to play a back three. Eric Dyer, mm. only good in a back three. Connor Cody, only good in a back three. Both play in the centre of said back three. The player that's going to start in the middle of the back three is John Stones. So Dyer and Cody, also what are they doing there? Because I can't see him putting Stones out to the right and dropping Kyle Walker. Because I yeah. think Kyle Walker might be the player. If not, it's Jordan Henderson. But the pet player with most appearances under Gareth Southgate. Yeah. I think it might be Henderson. Potentially most in the squad. But it's oh. it's a good rotation at the very least. And those, at least the central centre-back of the three, none of them are particularly awful picks, at least. like. Well, I don't know about Cody, if we want to dominate a game. And even Dyer, he doesn't play for a team that dominates the ball. Spurs yesterday, or the day before, whenever it was, against Sporting. Yeah. Like, they... Against Sporting, who I 
Did they win the league last year in Portugal? I don't know, but their team's not, not sure. Yeah. Them, I, I do know that that 2 0 defeat right of back. Tottenham was the first time they've ever beaten a Premier League team. Yes. Really? That's the first time they've ever beaten a Premier League team. <laughs> but I think that Gareth Southgate has to be applauded, really, for having managed to achieve both a great depth and lack of depth at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> He's mm. done something quite special there to have somehow selected so many players for the same position and yet still there's no good options. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the very least, if he's playing like a 3-4-3 three, three or something, it, some yeah. of the picks make sense. Well, we. I, know it's, I know it's only Nations League, but it is against Italy and Germany. And it's the last <laughs> games before the World Cup. The, yeah, there's five midfielders there as well. James Ward-Prowse probably shouldn't be starting, and Mason Mount really isn't a midfielder; he's a forward. Yeah, I'm hoping it's Bellingham and Rice, but to be, like, we all know it's going to be Rice and Phillips again. Mm, but it definitely should be Bellingham. He is. Yeah, he's a saucy boy. He he is a saucy boy. He's got a lovely header against City. I wanted to have a quick look at the goalkeepers. Okay. Because as, as as I think you were trying to point out, Matt, is our oh. last last international break, I believe, before the World Cup. Indeed. Someone and will have an opportunity to dislodge Jordan Pickford, therefore. Well, yeah, Given that he's, he's dislodged he's n- his leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> unavailable. <laughs> and, um, yeah, three goalkeepers, at least two of which I reckon are in with a decent shout of ousting mm-hmm. from the from starting position. I mean, I mean this I think... isn't going to go down with well with you, Jim, but I think... Henderson and Pope have been two of the standout keepers in the league this year. Ramsdale, for me, on form alone, is third choice in this squad. I maybe disagree. I maybe put him second. I was actually going to agree with Matt. Oh wow! Okay. I think of of the three, I think Nick Pope has had the the best year so far. Same here. Of, and of then all, like what six games that he's played? I yeah. agree. And then I'd probably put uh, Ramsdale second and Henderson third, but it's pretty quite close between those two positions. Like, actually, think... yeah, even though they've won five of their games, Arsenal have still only kept a clean sheet twice. I mean, I think think true, but with Fulham, the goal was undoubtedly Gabriel's fault. He was put in a one-on-one yeah. with Mitrovic. Like, no keeper in the league, maybe apart from Alisson, could save that reliably. I've not seen the rest of the goals he's conceded, but he's not had... By the end of last season, he had quite a few sinkers for his. Yeah, he's I mean, not really if had you, any of note. If you compare it to when he came in to the squad, like when him and Tommy both started, like, a, what was it, like, three, it was the three games that we lost. They started after that. Oh, right, yeah. And then we, and then we went on something like a five game unbeaten run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I'd say, for him at least, if you discount the last, obviously the first three games of last year, it's a less successful start to the season. I think so, but he was overperforming at that point last year, and he sort of sort of evened out like a little bit more. Yeah, and what uh, has at the end of not, last year? What's not stopped going right. in his favour in comparison to Pope, at least, is his distribution is the best of the three. I think. Yes, he can pass the football. Yeah, and can't. he he plays for a team which, in theory, will be most similar to England in the most basic way being that they will have more of the ball than their mm. opponents 
which Arsenal are probably most like out of yeah. them, Forest and yeah. Newcastle. I mean, either way for me, if England want to build out from the back as they have, you know, when they're one of the dominant games, Aaron Ramsdale has to be picked. And also as well, I think whilst you know Pope and Henderson have been a very good shot stopping form, sort of what you expect. You know, for T, I think Pope has been one of the best shot shot stoppers in the country since he's you know been at Burnley, but he's that's the point, right? He's facing a high volume of shots. That's what he's expected to do. Whereas if you he's expected to play the ball out for a dominant side, it'll work a lot worse. Like it's why like Allison and Edison have a far lower save percentage than like Jose Sarr. Yeah, it's not because they're worse goalkeepers. It's because they like, face high quality chances. And I've had a thought. Fewer. Go on. Go on. What if the he's loaded the defense so much to compensate for Nick Pope's poor distribution? <laughs> what? So his passes are bound to find some. It's, it's, it's a sign that he's six. bound to play Pope. It's may, maybe seven or eight. Is he doing a four-four-three or something? Play, play those percentages. <laughs> the more players he's got back there, the higher chance there is that Pope's pass will find one of them. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, should we move on to the attack briefly? Because yeah, uh, I would like to. There's been a few interesting picks. I think one, one I definitely wouldn't have picked in Jack Grealish, whose form has been appalling because he keeps going on nights out. But Ivan Tony's got his first call up, right? And I think that's very, very interesting. After recently, I like it. you know, after recently claiming he wants to get thirty goals this year, oh wow, bold, but, bold but achievable, you know. But he's been definitely deserving it. He's possibly he's you mean one of the top top form players in the Prem so far this year. I was going to say one of the top one of the top forwards after Haaland, but then I forgot about Mitrovic and Kane as well. But he's <laughs> definitely been up with them. Like when he in the Leeds game, he was. Sensational, really. Yeah, Every I really single like one of his Tony. goals was like majestic. Yeah, and I think he he brings a lot more than his reputation gives him credit for. Definitely, I think he's really good in build up compared to like Calvert Lewin. Hundred percent, yeah. yeah. And that's why he wasn't scoring as many goals last year or the start of the last season until Eriksson came in because he had to. Do, he spent the entire time doing build up. What is the time thing signature on your recording? Uh, uh, oh no, 40, you have forty twenty two. Okay, I cut out at thirty seven fifty two. Yeah, You're probably chatting pure shit anyway. So isn't really yeah, cool. to be fair, that's a. Do you want me to count you in? <laughs> no, I've already I've already started. You just have to line out. Sorry. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh shit, Jim's talking first. Oh, for I forgot sake. I spun the wheel. And you, <laughs> about did, what? you didn't give us pre-warning either. I've got no idea what this could be about. Oh, yeah, and there are some dodgy names on this wheel, I can't lie. Oh, it's one of the more boring but still quite difficult ones. Her Majesty was born in 1926. <laughs> <laughs> Get the <Okay>. Wikipedia up. <laughs> Jim, <laughs> you have 59 seconds without hesitation, repetition or deviation from the topic or the truth to talk about Delhi Alley. Oh, for and this sake. is a re- this this reminds us all how long it's been since we last recorded. What? Um, on my oh, count, God, yeah, Jim, true. three, is... two, one, go. Deli Ali is an English footballer who got in trouble some years ago for getting a 
uh, it was an assault rifle, an AK-47 tattooed on its leg, and people false, it was... false, very false. No, you fucking moron! Is that Sterling? Is that Sterling? Oh, you moron! Have I made that mistake before? I swear I've done that nah, before. That I claimed one. it was no. I'm sure, maybe not on the podcast, but I've definitely at some point in my life claimed that oh, that maybe. was Deli Alley. Yeah. Although I thought it was on the podcast, I have a feeling. <laughs> Feeling okay. I've not made that mistake for the first time. <laughs> Ivor, it's over to you, who hopefully knows a can true can fact. Just, can I just restart? No. no. There's Fine a good then. ten seconds that's got here. Hang on, I, I, did, I said it was English. That was a true fact. Oh, okay, yes. On my count, Ivor. Three, two, one, go. Thanks. The former MK Dons midfielder has recently transferred to Besiktas after Brunt's recently being hyped as one of the best wonder kids in England due to stellar performances at Tottenham. In his first season, he scored a crazy goal against Crystal Palace where he flicked it up over his head and followed it into the bottom left corner. This saw pundits and fans alike credit him as the next English signing talent due to his ability to partner well with Harry Kane. However, this did not go very well due to the appointment of Jose Mourinho and the sacking of uh, Poch. His form declines due to Maurizio. Fuck! Oh, <laughs> no! Absolute fumble! I said Maurizio, not Mourinho! No! <laughs> I, I, I was tempted to call a repetition anyway after you finished saying whatever you were about to say. Why? Depending on what you actually said. Oh. And if you repeated yourself. <laughs> I'm not. Um, <laughs> Jim. Anyway, by, by the way, Jim, just letting you know. Uh, Danny Alley's got a tattoo of Leroy Sane scoring the Champions <laughs> League in his back as well. <laughs> and he's also got a little Champions League logo they got for his 13. <laughs> Who was that again? Simeone. Oh yeah. Right. Jim. Back over to you on my count. Three, two, one, go. Deli Ali was born in Milton Keynes and is 26 years of age. He is over six foot tall, which makes him tall for a man, and has represented <laughs> his country at both full adult level and under 21s. And that is just 59 oh, oh, you, you little Wikipedia reading. He is over six foot tall, which makes him tall for a man. <laughs> a fact I stand by. <laughs> oh god I can't believe I lost to that he's tall for a man he's, he's short for a giraffe but he's tall for <laughs> you should have said that you should have said which makes him tall for a man but short, short if you were a giraffe <laughs> I'm going to do that next time <laughs> Just, just come up with a list of animals right, that are really right. tall, and whoever oh, comes right. up, you just yeah. say, they're short for a giraffe. Yeah. Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling is bloody massive compared to an aardvark, but tiny if you compare him to an elephant. <laughs> Raheem Sterling does have a tattoo of a gun on his leg, however, he doesn't have a tattoo of a cat, nor a dog. He also doesn't have a tattoo of a can of beer on his arm, <laughs> neither does he have an Arsenal tattoo on his chest. Stop. He also doesn't have a tattoo of the England flag on his arm, or some shit as well, we just keep going. Sterling is famous for not having I'm, a tattoo I'm doing that next time, count my words. Okay, I'll have to come up with some new rules to stop you, but you're welcome to test me. Um... Yeah, Ivor did say why Deli Ali was on the wheel. It was because he got that transfer to Besiktas. But Send yeah, it. as I said, one alone. of the less... Loan to Besiktas. 
a loan with transfer an, to Besiktas, yes. With an option to buy, possibly? Uh, don't know. And also something I genuinely had absolutely no idea about. How? I've been I've been out of touch with football news since I started work. I've been busy. Well, you're about to be shocked by another seven things on this wheel. <laughs> First of those is Marcelo, who also got a transfer. When... To Olympiakos. Correct. No. Someone else who got a transfer to Olympiakos is also on the wheel. James Rodriguez. Yes, I don't know if it's gone through yet, but he's there. He has gone through. Fabrizio yeah. Romano announced it. It's official. This is, yeah, this is news to me. Another transfer <laughs> that you might actually know about. Diego Costa. Nope. Went to Wolves. Free transfer. Yeah. Uh, in what... Jim, you're a disgrace. <laughs> this is pretty poor from you, Jim. Right, that's the yeah. end of the transfer talk. Um, ben Foster has announced his retirement didn't, from football. Didn't did know that. Oh, I knew that, that happened today that. or maybe yesterday. Yeah. I feel like he'd announced it a while ago. I, I, had, I, had, said he's, I had he announced t- it by not signing for anyone. I managed to get a yeah. seat on the train. I could read the BBC Sport. <laughs> wow. Arkadiusz Milik, or however you do say his name. Arkadiusz. That. Definitely not uh, that. Surname Milik. I trust Ivor as our Polish correspondent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is on the wheel. Well, can either of you guess? Uh, is it because, and this is a guess by the way, he scored a 94th minute potential winner in a 2-3, 2 all game against Sampdoria. He took his shirt off, got a second yellow, got sent off, then the goals ruled out because VAR. <laughs> However, the VAR was actually wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it, was ro- out for an, it was ruled out for an offside that wasn't actually offside because the VAR couldn't see the other man. Oh, yeah, the VAR <laughs> cameras so didn't exist, so they couldn't see the person in the corner playing in miles onside. <laughs> Genuinely, the funniest thing ever. Staying in Italy for our penultimate item on the wheel, Francesco Totti. Either of you know why he's on the wheel? No. Oh god, has he made up like made an icon on FIFA or something? No, he has had an interview come out since oh. our last episode, at least, where he discusses his divorce. Oh, what, a, what a dead, what a dead wheel, Matt. Come on, no, 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 no. I, I, there was something funny about it, if I can remember, but I can't. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Coming at you once again with the quality, informative content. Look it In up. Today's episode, Matt has dementia. <laughs> if nothing else, if nothing else, I've learned something by doing this episode. Yeah. No, look it up. There was something no, about it. It was mentioned on the most recent Totally Football Show, European edition. I That's where I learned about it. it. Uh, and the final thing on the wheel, Preston North End. I was really hoping this would come up. Oh, Ivor, this is your field. I, I'd be surprised if it was Jim's field, no matter what came up. To be honest, so it's oh, something God. about XG then. Yes, <laughs> it is something about XG. They outscored their XG. They got exactly Christ their no. XG of 0.8. Do they get a zero XG or something? No. So far, Preston North End have had all all season 10.44 XG. And conceded 9.35 xG, but they have scored in reality three goals and conceded two. Oh my god! So in the entire top four leagues in England, they have both <laughs> underperformed 
their XG in an attacking sense, but overperformed their defensive XG dynamics. <laughs> That's insane. It's crazy. That's meant. How is that possible? <laughs> like, cause you know what's like, Mag, you know, like the hair had like the mad season. He prevented eleven XG across the whole season. A, a whole season. <laughs> They prevented eight in nine games. <laughs> How? Like, not seven in nine games. How is that possible? Imagine if that goes on the entire season. They can see, like, ten. Yeah. <laughs> so, Preston oh, having, having a pretty special season so far. Watch oh, out. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. See? The wheel was good this week. Oh, no, that that's great. The Totty can bugger off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we haven't got a shit talk. But, we haven't mentioned the fixture postponements. We also haven't mentioned that bloody stupid oh, idea. Oh, the North versus South thing. I've, I've actually got a good idea for shit talk, though, off, oh, off the cuff. Okay. So recently, as all of you as will know, uh, Todd Bowley, he had... Oh, fuck off. <laughs> uh, uh, or, so recently, as all our listeners must know... Uh, Todd Bowley has discussed the idea of uh, NBA All-Stars S game of football in England. I think the idea was nor- the northern teams v southern teams. And this was ridiculed by many, I think. Rightly so. Most, Jürgen including, Klopp for inclu- one. Jürgen Klopp by one, us by another. <laughs> but I was wondering, what other uh, you know, All-Star games could there be? What other divides? I thought this as well. Today, what other divi- divisions this. could you have? I, I and thought, I, I thought of it. Go on. Go on. Go on, Jim. Well, I was just going to say, because I, I looked at the. I think it was Sky Sports and posted something talking about it. I was looking at the graphic of where they've drawn the line between North and oh, South. Yeah. And it's, it's basically what, like London and Southampton? Yeah, north of the Watford Gap, where <laughs> the real divide between North and South. For me, it's Loughborough and Leicester. In the south, one sec, let me get a map up. But Birmingham is not that far south. But, but I'd say Birmingham's more in the south than the north. Birmingham's, Birmingham's most definitely in the Midlands. <laughs> no, it's in the Midlands, but if you have no Midlands, you know. Cl- yes, if you were to. Uh, if, mess. Yes, if you were to find the exact half point between. What is it like? Yeah. Land's End and John O'Groats, if you're including Scotland. Isn't Land's End and John O'Groats east and west? Not north and south. Well, they're they're pretty much north and south as well. Lands End is how far even. west is John O'Groats or no, north? No, rather? it's very north, isn't it? It's like right at the top of Scotland. I'd assume. Yeah, it's, oh, it's the most northern mind. point in the UK. Oh, I thought it was the most western. <laughs> no, Lands Lands End is the most western. Oh, sh- I've just got my east and west mixed up. Sorry. It's only like a twenty-minute drive from the Lizard, which is the most southerly point, also in Cornwall. Oh, okay. It's also called the Lizard, which is quite cool, but. <laughs> It was so anyway, cool. I think, I mean, for me, so cool. a, for me, the divide probably goes, right, Lincoln going across from underneath Sheffield. Sheffield's the north, Chesterfield's north, Lincoln south, even though it's quite northern. It just gives southern vibes. Uh, Stoke-on-Trent north, Nottingham south, okay. Derby, Derby south. I think Birmingham yeah. should be the midway point. I think you should draw a line directly across from Birmingham. No, because Leicester's not on the north, though. Like, you wouldn't say Leicester's like a northern place. I lived in Cornwall. No, but it isn't a, a southern place. place. It's no. a Midlands place. 
This is what Todd Bowley's just exposed himself for not being at all in no, touch. No, true. But with... no, but you, can't have a, you can't have a three-way like all-star game. Yeah, can you? they could do like a round robin. Yes, That'd be South versus or they create versus a North. special pitch. This would be sick. They create a unique pitch for the All Stars game. Triangular three in shape. goals, and there's this. Yeah, and it's like a wow. it's like a ninja's shuriken. To be fair, that would be and that would, would be I cool would if you were a child. I would, no, <laughs> I would definitely watch that. You're talking about legacy fans there, Ivor. Be oh, respectful. Even, no, even then though, the Midlands would get pumped. God, imagine they get put, battered. Imagine they've got Leicester. Like, Bowling, yeah, they got Leicester. Both that's Birmingham it. clubs. Oh wow! Sorry, I take it all back. Norwich, they've got Tyrone Mings in like Douglas Louise. Um, where's Wolves? Is that not? Ooh, Wolves, Wolves is Birmingham. That's yeah. the other Wolves Birmingham just, club. Wolves is just above Birmingham. Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton. No. Sorry um, for, for a minute. I, I know they're not in the Prem, but when you said both Birmingham clubs, I, my mind went naturally to Birmingham. Birmingham and West Brom is Birmingham. who I was referring to. <laughs> but why not? If, you, if you're going to have an idea as stupid as this, why not open it up to Championship and League One sides? Let's throw them in as well. Yeah, because their players would get into the all-star teams. Mm. But that was the other thing about the idea. I would have had, if he was going to do it, something like that, I'd have had like we did when we did our London 11 or something I can't remember what we did where oh no it was Big 6 we did a Big 6 that's, yeah that was it Big 6 11 where every all of the clubs have to provide one player oh yeah if this does actually go ahead I will be even more disappointed than my baseline level of disappointment that, if they don't include one player from every team what was it the the North's team that Sky Sports had mocked up oh yeah it? it was like Man City's team Liverpool's team and Bruno Fernandes yeah <laughs> <laughs> just that was it He's cheating, yeah. But anyway, I think one fun division could be Prison FC versus Arrest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've already provided them with a roster for Prison FC. Exactly, yeah. That could be fun. Uh, clubs with betting sponsorships versus clubs with moral compasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it'd be the entire Premier League versus no one. <laughs> yeah. The more serious reason why this, or one of the more serious reasons why this has been contested as an idea, is for player welfare, which. Well, and that. But (laughs) obviously, fixture congestion is very much a thing this year in particular. Uh, So the fact that there's potentially an extra game on the calendar is a bit dodgy. And. So I I thought to solve this problem, right, don't. Keep the division the same, club for club, but no FIFA. Premier League players are involved. Oh. Yeah, you get the right. showpiece of every Premier League club's fan YouTube account. <laughs> so you've got like Don Robbie up front against the Andrew Tate that we all actually care about at centre back, well, for example. I was, well, I was actually going to suggest something similar. Have like a charity match of like all the ex-club legends. Oh, that'd be good. That yeah, would so be like, brilliant. Know, that would actually like, be good. J- Jamie Carragher, Gary Neville for the yeah. North. Joe Cole, Jimmy Floyd, Don't Hasselbank. Don't Richard Dunn for the North as the token Man City legend, in air quotes. Um, <laughs> no, Vincent Company is actually quite funny. Richard Dunn. He had one star weak foot in FIFA, that's what he's remembered for. <laughs> being terrible. Can the South just put together the Invincibles? No. One per club, Jim. 
Matt Letitia gets in, but you just don't let him do any interviews and spread his yeah. weird propaganda. <laughs> Frank Gladbog can take a take a break from doing some poor managerial work to to play. No, he could he could manage, and then he could say, "Well, first goal, that was just a mistake. Second goal, that was a stupid goal. I should have conceded that. Third goal, that was a stupid goal. Fourth goal, you just another stupid goal. You see, we should have won. Take all the stupid goals. What if you did the managers? Oh, that would be. You have decent. to get. You have to get. Obviously, ten each side. So you got you got like a an ex pro goalkeeper for each team, and then all ten managers for each side are outfield. Oh yeah. I mean, you could have you could get a Nuno in there. He was a keeper, wasn't he? Oh, he was. Yeah. yeah. Jose was a keeper. Mourinho. Was he? Yeah. It'd be quite funny to watch playing football, like as a manager. Yeah. Could oh, you... could you imagine some of the rivalries from the touchline if they got spilled out onto the pitch? <laughs> Klopp versus oh. Lampard. That'd be dreamy. <laughs> could you do? A... I, I could just. Um, I can imagine Sean Dyche like breaking some of his legs in two. Oh yes. Burnley are on the back of a loss 1-0 in the 98th minute to Man City Deitch just goes two-footed into Guardiola's septum (laughs) Neil is septum yeah (laughs) tackle so strong he gets a nose piece (laughs) nah I reckon I reckon we could have like a back back three of Sean Deitch Neil Warnock and Big Sam no one's getting past that that's that's a clean sheet right there (laughs) <laughs> you, could, you could have all, all the ex Watford managers versus all the ex Chelsea managers. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's North v South as well. <laughs> you, I was just wondering if you could do an East v, East v West. Yeah, I wonder that, not such how a, that would be split. There's not such a bitter rivalry. I don't think there'd be such controversy for wherever you drew the line for East v West. I think yeah. it'd be pretty similar that's, that's, be not honest, like a, that's not like a thing. Would they have to split it through London? Like very finely. Nah, London's east. I mean, I think that yeah, the but t- to make it ten teams... teams on each side. Oh yeah. No, but the, the the teams would be pretty similar though, wouldn't they? Um, because uh... all the south clubs from London and all the north ones are near Manchester. Yeah, all but Newcastle, they'll be yeah, Newcastle, Southampton will be on the other side. Yeah, that's like Newcastle. the only change. Newcastle would be east, Bournemouth and Southampton would both be west. Just uh, like swap. Anyway, that's, that's a dub. What about the Midlands clubs, East Mids? Forest and Leicester. Yeah, Leicester. Oh, true. Yeah, Leicester would be east. Leeds. But I said Leicester would be in the south team anyway. I also thought if you just binned off the ten teams on each side, could you do a London versus rest of country? That's a rivalry people could really get behind. Yeah. yeah. Or or like Man City and Liverpool just get to pick pick players. <laughs> like you know in PE when the PE teacher picks the team <laughs> yes. favourites for the captain. Stuff <laughs> <laughs> <Does> that. <laughs> Man City pick first. They Guardiola <laughs> obviously picks Mikel Arteta. <laughs> Man City picked first. They've, boy back. they've chosen Chelsea. Liverpool have thrown a strop because they wanted to choose Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool have been <laughs> Liverpool have been given detention because they refused to pick Bournemouth, even though Bournemouth are the last team left. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah. would have won ah, but, ah, bad pick Chelsea. Ah. Is that Irish? No, it's my cloth and fresh. Your cloth and how do you think it was Irish? That's it. Oh, it, God, sounded, that. it didn't sound Irish. Ah, it sounded like. Tough of the mainly. morning to you. Tough of the morning to you. Welcome to Forrest Brew. They don't all sound like Leprechaun. Some of them sound like Roy Keane. Today we're going to Roy Keane v. Micah Richards. That'd be. Oh, 
That'd be a yes. thief. Full, Position full, change, Roy Keane to left full, wing. Full pitch. Just the two of them. Even better. Oh, bloody hell. Do you have anything else to talk about before my brain becomes like a pancake? No. <laughs> I think we can all agree that it's a bloody shit idea. But I, I don't think I'd managed to say earlier was that like they do so, they do something like that in American football. They have like a an all stars game, the AFL versus the NFL, the two like halves of the league. And even the oh, American okay. even the American football fans don't care about that. Oh. I mean the only I could only get behind it if it was a charity game or something. Yeah. But it would be like soccer aid. It wouldn't be like yeah. the community shield. No, but also none of the players would care. Exactly. And that, they go like Anthony would do like a rainbow flick, and that'd be about it. They'd just do like skill moves, but, which makes it probably be quite fun. Be quite, I mean, I guess like there's more like ability for showboating in football than in American football, so I guess that'd be quite fun. Like a bunch of people just showboating. They just like, filter by five star skills in the prem <laughs> on FIFA, and then that's the squads. I tell you what, they should have. They should have like the classic FIFA 13 bang out sweaty team with like Aidan McGeady and Wellington <laughs> and stuff like, or, like Emmanuel Manique. They get all Premier League players to do a race. They should get a big, <laughs> long line of like 700 people. Yeah. And the that's, top 22 get picked. Yeah, that's how all teams <laughs> should be selected. Arsenal will be starting no defenders this week because they're all too slow. <laughs> Kieran Tierney got injured at 50 metres and had to bow out. <laughs> Matt Turner and Aaron Ramsdale both surprisingly fast will both be starting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, should we wrap up, boys? Yeah, can we call it shit again so I can put that at the end? Shit. It shit. In conclusion, it's still bad. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Oh, right, let's talk about that. I thought you'd... I forgot all the context. No, yeah. no, no. No, the, the All-Stars game is a generally rough idea. Yeah, but it comes from the man that thought that you could field 11 outfield players. I don't is, think that's true. I think he Ronaldo, might be a visionary. So... I wouldn't be too surprised I think he might be if idiot. in the next... 10 years at a push we see a team start with no goalkeeper or maybe there's an allocated goalkeeper but they're not actually playing in goal fuck off no doesn't Edison do that already well exactly well, it's I mean, just Edison plus yeah. I mean I was going to say I reckon it's probably just counting Kepper in the back line because Chelsea basically play a 3-4-3 don't they true and also Thiago, Thiago Motta was heralded for doing a 2-7-2 Really? When was he heralded for doing that? Oh, it was like a few years ago. It blew up because he, instead of doing the formation first, he did it like horizontally across the pitch. Oh. It could be an interesting tactical gamble because I assume there's nothing in the rules that says that the like the goalkeeper can't just come out and play as a centre. Yeah. Centre there has to be a goalkeeper in theory, I think. But yeah, but there's nothing to say that he has to stay in the box that much. Or if it's if the conventional wisdom changes such that it becomes viewed that like having that 11th outfield player yeah. is just like something you can't afford not to do in the same way that players like Meza Ozil are no no longer have a place really in top it, flight football because teams have to have 10 outfield players when they don't have the ball compared yeah. to uh, compared to 9 they can't have a passenger Maybe in mm. possession, it's going to become the case that you need 11 players rather than 10. Arguably, we're already seeing that transition now. Yeah, it depends if you're a side that dominates possession, I suppose. But yeah, it's definitely. an interesting because you, you have that distinct tactical advantage of the extra outfield player, but then I suppose you're extremely 
vulnerable to the ball being kicked. Yeah, extremely vulnerable to long shots and um, fast counter attacks. If you keep a contact, unless you're higher, just like yeah, that's the next development in the goalkeeping position as well. First, they've had to become good with their feet. Next, they've got to become absolutely rapid. (laughs) You're just looking right backwards. The Jamaican sprinting team suddenly get Premier League call ups. No one's scoring a halfway line goal if Usain Bolt's on the centre circle. You're <laughs> just watching Harry Kane get breezed past <laughs> by some sprinter that's only kicked a football three times in his life. Anyway, for the for the fourth time this evening, should we call it a day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My beer's been nice. Go on. Um the the baby caramel fudge stout. Now, if you've listened to the podcast before, you may be aware I'm not a big stout fan, but I have been. My fondness for stout has been increasing with these uh, beer 52 boxes that I've been getting because they have sent me a few decent ones. And um, this is one of those rare beers that claims to have some sort of a sweet, like caramel or chocolate oh, taste yeah. that does actually have like it. I could like taste the caramel in it. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say, as the can claimed, that it seduced me. But uh, yeah, it was sweet, but like not too sweet. It was malty, not very hoppy, no like sourness at all. Um, and yeah, I mean, maybe a six out of ten because I mean, it's still a stout. I'm still they're still like growing on me, but I did enjoy it. The uh, the hop extravaganza, however, it's it's an interesting one. It's it is as the name would suggest, really hoppy. It's quite rich in flavour. It's sweet, but not quite as sweet as the the caramel stout. It's it's definitely not some of the like more summery citrusy beers that I have had on some of the previous pods. But it is quite like fruity in flavour. Um, I'm not really sure what to make of it. I definitely like it, but it's one of those difficult beers to pin down. Why oh, is it really good at grappling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fights like a son of a bitch. <laughs> um, Ivor, how dry was your Asahi? Uh, it was actually quite moist. <laughs> you meant to say super dry? I know, but I didn't want to give it a gratification. <laughs> but no, it was, it was, obviously, it's a nice bit. It's one of the best lagers going around in your average corner shop. So, yeah, I don't know, eight out of ten. But yeah, my, my beer is quite nice. Thanks for asking. How's yours, Matt? <laughs> I was oh, actually yeah, about how, to ask. How was the beer? I, I, was, I was midway through asking, but you cheeky prick, you've interrupted. How was your beer? How was your beer, Matt? Today on Four Four Brew. How was the beer? Uh, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been a lovely episode, and I do hope to catch you next how was, week. How was the Cheers, guys. How was the beer that I carefully chose for you? <laughs> the beer, the beer that you chose for me was nice. Stiggy Pop, New England IPA from MagicRockBrewing.com. I'm struggling to think of like one definitive feature. It's not particularly citrusy. It's not particularly hoppy, but it is good. It's seven point three percent. If that's your thing. Yeah, I forgot to mention that about the hop extravaganza. Actually, this was it was reasonably strong at six point eight. But no, it was nice, and I'd have it again. Very easy to drink, but not nice. like a stellar beer. I'll give it a seven out of ten. Yeah. Would you have it night clubbing, perhaps? I, I would. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I'm sure we'll be back at some point before the new year. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe Rory will join us. 
Yeah, maybe Rory will will join us and actually make it actually make it to the start we'll of our Patreon now, and Rory will be able to buy a mic that sounds. <laughs> he might make it to the start of recording next time. It might not be a bottle job. You know when you go to a stand-up show and they have their warm-up act. He's like our yes. warm-up act. He, com- he, he comes on, he comes on, entertains us for ten minutes, and then fucks off before we get started. <laughs> Right, goodbye. Before we get sick of him. Bye bye, love you. Follow us on anything possible. Including in real life. (laughs) Ivan's address is.